Welcome to Mental Maps, a podcast about navigating the mind. My name is Joshua Dale, and I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner, therapist, and host of the show. Today, we're going to focus on the concept of behavior and why people do what they do. And so we're going to look at it through all the biological, the psychological, and social concepts in an attempt to generate a better understanding of yourself as well as others. So welcome back. I hope this podcast finds you well as we continue to go through uh, all the things in the world right now. So the focus of this podcast really looks at behavior. And so I, I know we've all had instances where, whether it be in our workspace or with our family or significant others, maybe just at the coffee shop or really anywhere, where we see someone and we say, what are they doing? Why would they act that way? Or maybe even looked within yourself and said, why did I just do what I did? And so the goal of today is to be able to understand that. So there's two focuses. The first is to examine our own behavior to generate better understanding and to help create change for maybe behaviors that you don't want in your life. The second is to be able to examine another person's behavior to also gain understanding, but then also generate a connection which creates empathy. If we understand why people do what they do, we can connect with them better and have better communications. So why do we do what we do? So there's a lot of different theories that exist of why people act the way they act and they generate certain behaviors in certain settings. But I think the biggest thing is needs. And so I believe, and, and a lot of other theories that I, that I look at believe, that every behavior is an attempt to meet a need. Everything we do as a human is an attempt to meet some form of a need. And so one theory that I believe is very applicable to this is a theory called choice theory. And I'm not going to get like way in the weeds, but I do believe that this gives us a really good foundation and basis for understanding things. And so choice theory says, as I stated earlier, that every behavior we do is an attempt to meet a need. And so uh, William Glasser, which was the creator of choice theory and reality therapy, says there's these umbrellas and every need that we have sits under some of these umbrellas. And so there's five umbrellas. The first is survival. The second is love and belonging. The third is power. The fourth is freedom. And the fifth is fun. So it says that everything we do as a human is either out of survival, out of an attempt for love and belonging, out of an attempt for power, to feel freedom, or to feel fun. Now, it's somewhat basic in itself because I believe that needs are way deeper than that. But I think it gives us a better umbrella of what's going on. So, for example, we have a behavior of going out and um, maybe not abiding by the rules of a certain uh, social norm, whether that be within the office or maybe that's in uh, another setting. And so it may not be a behavior that we want, but that's our attempt to make freedom, to feel autonomy. And so that's where that behavior would come from. And the main concept in this is that as we learn to meet these five needs, we generate behaviors that we can confirm that's going to meet these needs. And so in choice theory, it's called quality world. Um, and he says that the quality world that we create tells us how we meet our needs. And so everything that we're doing is going to set within our brain and say, okay, if I'm feeling this way, this is how I meet this need. So if I feel powerless, here's how I'm going to meet my power need. If I feel you know, a lack of love and belonging, I'm going to go out and meet my need this way, which is 
very applicable. I think that that is a very good way to see how we act and, and what we do. But unfortunately for many people, they find themselves doing behaviors that are somewhat illogical, behaviors that generate conflict, behaviors that create dissonance or issues within their own life. And what has happened for many people in this regard is their behaviors have been generated in their quality world to meet a need, even though it's not a behavior that they would want to do. A great example of this is maybe maybe you've had this encounter uh, when you're maybe in a conflict with someone, not a not an irrational conflict or bad conflict, but you're just trying to to figure out a problem. And within that conflict, this person begins to yell and they get louder and louder and louder and louder. And you're thinking, why is this person yelling at me? What are they doing right now? And it's not because they're angry at you, but when we look at it deeper, maybe they're not feeling heard. And so that behavior is an attempt for them to feel heard, to have that power in the uh, situation that they're in. And so they have coded within their quality world, I can meet this need by yelling. Is it a rational way to handle the situation? No. And is it something that maybe consciously they know of? Probably not. It's a, a very subconscious thing, but over time, that has generated a strong connection for them to do that. And so that's a habit or an automatic behavior for them. So I feel like I'm not being heard. I begin to yell, get louder and louder and louder until I feel heard again. And now that um, issue is over. All behaviors kind of fall into these situations that we see. You know, the person who um, maybe reaches out to other people, and, you know, we've all heard of, like, the, the clingers or something like that uh, in relationships. They're just looking for love and belonging in many times. And so you think, why, why would that person act that way? Why would they uh, feel so connected that they may uh, do behaviors that don't make a lot of sense within the social context that we live in? And it's due to that's how they've met love and belonging. Is it a rational behavior? No. But it has been something that's been validated over time. And I think the validation concept is so important because if their need has been met in that way, any time prior, usually as a child or as a teenager, and it's kind of generated over time, if their behavior has been met in that way, or need has been met in that way rather, they will continue to do that thing because the brain says, if it worked once, it's going to work again. It's worked twice, it's going to work again. And so it generates that. And so we think, like, biologically, how does this happen? You know, what, what, what goes on there? And I think it's a really interesting concept when we look at how the brain codes these things. And we're not going to get really deep, deep into this because you can go very far in the concept of behavior and learning in the brain. But one thing I think the most important part in this is that we all have neural connections in our brain. These neural connections are how the brain talks to itself. And within these neural connections, the more we do it, or the more powerful it is in our brain, the stronger the connections will become. And so there's a, a concept in neurology of neurons that fire together, wire together. And so as these neurons continue to fire during these times, they begin to wire together. And so you see someone who has this behavior that they've learned. They've seen the validation externally from it. You know, So the person has responded to them in whatever way and they had that need met, now those neural connections are strengthening. Now they're firing together, and they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then as those neural connections get stronger, the habits begin to really seep in and begin to have a concrete hold in our life. 
And so looking at it, we say that how long does this thing take? You know, how easy is it for me to to find myself doing a behavior to become a habit and now I'm meeting my needs irrationally? And there was a great study done by the University College of London that found that behavior really separates. It's all quite different, but it takes anywhere between 18 and 254 days. So between 18 days and 254 days for a behavior to be learned, meaning that their neural connections become strong enough that we say, this is how I'm going to meet my need. And really it goes to a lot of other things, but I think that's going to be really important when we talk about the concept of change. So we understand that behaviors are an attempt to meet a need. We understand that the needs are within these umbrellas of survival, or love and belonging, or power, or freedom, or fun. And with those needs, we do behaviors to meet them. Some behaviors are logical. Some behaviors are illogical. And as we continue to do them over time, they get validated and generate stronger neural connections that create these habitual automatic behaviors in an attempt to meet a need. So looking at it then, we say, what is the social concept of this? How does socially do, does needs and behaviors impact us? And so we think about the connections with other people. And so how we have these interactions is that, you know, we gave a couple examples earlier of what happens when we as humans interact with other people and interact with one another rather and have illogical behaviors. We can feel victimized, we can feel hurt. It creates a lot of conflict. This happens frequently in, in so many social situations, whether it be in the office, in, in the um, just daily life, in our family, with our spouses or other significant others, whoever that may be with our kids, at any place in life, that is how we communicate with one another. And if we have these illogical behaviors, we're gonna find ourselves in this conflict. And so one, one thing that I always tell people is that if you have this person in your life that is acting irrational or hurtful or mean, say to yourself, can you imagine having to do this behavior to meet that need? So can you imagine that the only way that I feel heard was if I yelled? Or the only way I felt love was to be in a very toxic relationship or to act very irrationally in that regard? Or what if the only way I felt autonomous in my life was to go against everything that is around me and kind of fight against the world, if you will, just to feel like I had some control? Or power, the concept of power and how the only way I feel like I've got power in my life is to treat someone else poorly. That changes everything about how we communicate as human beings. Because that behavior that is hurtful becomes more understood. And it's not an attack, rather it's an irrational behavior. And so you're looking at the concept within social of validation versus dissonance. Meaning that, does this behavior validate them? Does it validate that need? Or does it create dissonance? Meaning that the need is not met and it doesn't feel comfortable. And for many people, these behaviors that they do 
validate. And, and socially, when we don't respond in the ways that maybe they want us to, it generates dissonance. Because when I feel powerless, I treat someone poorly, they treat me poorly back. Why doesn't that make sense? Now, one thing to highlight, and I think this is very important, is a lot of this isn't a conscious decision. Someone doesn't wake up one morning and say, I want to treat people like crap so that then I feel better about myself. Some people may, but not everyone. It's this subconscious or unconscious behavior that they have no control over that they have found to be very helpful to them and meet that need, and the brain just continues to do it. And so looking then at the social construct of it, what do we do? How do we create change in it? And I think we must look into ourselves and say, how can I slow an interaction down to a place where I can connect with someone even if they're being irrational? And it's looking at what could, what need are they attempting to meet right now? Do they not feel heard? Have I not created an opportunity for them to feel heard? Or maybe I'm a manager and I haven't generated a lot of autonomy within my uh, workspace. And so the people that I work with, you know, may have a lot of issues with me on the basis that there's not a lot of autonomy there. And that is a very important concept of what need is this meaning for me? Why haven't I generated that? Is it because I feel powerless? Is it because I don't feel freedom? Or I don't feel love and belonging? So I would challenge everyone to identify one behavior you like to change. We all have them. These habits or these things that we do that we don't like. And say, what need am I attempting to meet with by this? What am I attempting to fulfill? And the second challenge I have to you is to identify one behavior by someone in your life, whether it be a manager or a coworker or a significant other or a family member, whoever, whatever it is, and say to yourself, what need could they be attempting to meet right now? That's a very interesting way to look at it. And really look at it through the five umbrellas. Are they just trying to survive? Are they just trying to be self-preservation of just getting by? Or are they looking for love and belonging? Are they feeling a lack of love and a lack of acceptance? Or are they trying to find power? You know, feel power in the situation. Feel like they have control in the situation. Or are they looking for freedom? Are they trying to be autonomous and make their own decisions? And so they're kind of doing their own thing. Or are they just trying to have that fun? You know, and not fun like, oh, I don't, you know, care about something, but rather I have such little happiness or joy in my life that this is the only way I can generate that. And then once we identify the need, so we know that we're trying to find power or trying to find love and belonging, you then challenge yourself or challenge your own views of another and say, what could we do differently to meet that need? So if I don't feel heard, the only way I feel heard is if I yell. What else could I do to feel heard? And what we're taking is an automatic, habitual behavior that has caused conflict in our life. Begin to notice it, acknowledge it, 
and then find alternative behaviors so we can change it. And this is how we create change in our behavior. And this is how we create change within our um, interactions with other people. So, examining behavior, examining needs, to kind of do an overview, to, to take our take point, take home points here. Every behavior we do as a human is an attempt to meet a need, either consciously or unconsciously. Within those needs, there's five major umbrellas. Survival, or like self-preservation. We have the love and belonging. We have power. We have freedom. And we have fun. And all of these umbrellas have certain needs within them. And when we can categorize them, we then can understand our behaviors better. And the behaviors that meet our needs and consistently meet our needs over time form these very strong neural connections in our brain that wire together and fire together and become very prominent automatic thoughts and feelings and behaviors. And that's why we continue to do the things that we do. And to create change, we must acknowledge it. Why am I meeting my need this way? Identify an alternative behavior and then try to implement that alternative behavior. Now, as that research study had said, it may take up to 250 days for you to really change that behavior. And even after that, it's going to take maintenance. And you may find yourself sometimes acting illogical because it's been that automatic behavior. But if you consistently challenge you will find that permanency of change. And I think that's a really important top or really important point in all of it. Is it's not that you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and say, you know what, I am not going to yell at someone today, or I'm not going to act a certain way to this person today. But you still may find yourself doing that. It's going to take time. Continue to acknowledge it, continue to work on it, and create that change for yourself. If for some reason you've, you've got a behavior that's very problematic, you know, maybe it's um, very violent or aggressive or um, has to do with, you know, delinquency, anything that can get you in a lot of trouble or something that you really, really feel like you need some help with, I highly recommend to reach out to a local therapist, someone at a, a community clinic or maybe there in your town. A therapist will help you challenge these behaviors and examine what need you're trying to meet in that. And there can be a lot of help and a lot of peace in that. But if that's not something you want to do, either way, you can continue to work on this at home, doing different exercises, and, really, and just looking at what need am I trying to meet. I think it's really powerful when we look and see what needs aren't met in our life. Because nobody, not a single person is walking around in this world with every need that they have met. And when it's unmet, it generates behaviors and maybe things that aren't beneficial to ourselves. It's not beneficial to the interactions with other people and creates a lot of problems. So as you go forward, especially over the next couple of weeks, I challenge you to do what, to identify that behavior for yourself, to identify that behavior in other people. And say, what need am I attempting to meet today? And how else could I meet that need? And keep it that basic. Let's not go any deeper with that. 
I know in later podcasts we're going to discuss why needs maybe get generated the way that they do. But the whole focus of today and as you move forward is how can I identify my need to change my behavior, to really be a better human in my own life, to be a better human in all the different situations I have in my life, and have a positive impact on other people. Because we all know more than anything right now what we need is positive interactions and positive behaviors to benefit the world. Good luck.